Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 108. Episode 108, that is. That's right. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Welcome to Rockin' Shocktober. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by scary man over here, Chris Sinzak. That was a quote from a Juice Newton song, right? Totally. She's, to- she's too hardcore for, for Rocktober. Totally. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> interesting way to start the show off. Well, I know what song to, that I'm going to insert in for the intro music then. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, hope you all are ready for Halloween. It's this week. Yeah, Halloween, one of my favorite holidays of the whole entire year. I love Halloween. Halloween's a time. Let me ask you this. How many times over the years have you dressed up as a member of KISS for Halloween? Uh, Maybe nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably right up there, too. Yeah. You know, what are you going to be? Oh, I'm going to be Ace Frehley again. You still got your costume from last year? Nope, got to make a new one. Yeah, I'm going to be, <laughs> I, I, I was going to be Vinnie Vincent, but I'm worried I'm going to get sued. Oh, yeah, you well, you might. Yeah. Or mugged, one of the two. One of the two, or tire slash. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so uh, this week is Halloween here in America. I know some of our, I don't know, if, is Halloween a worldwide thing? I don't know. I don't know if it is Those or of not. you overseas, let us know if it's a worldwide thing, because I don't know if we're only... I think there's different versions of it at different times, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It, I, don't, it, I don't believe it originates in America. I think it's a European thing. Yeah, probably. Well, um, this, this isn't a Halloween history show. It's a rock show, no. so what do we know? And it's, definitely, and it's not, a, not a, only an interview show, because I know there's probably a good number of people that are hearing us for the second time, because they may have discovered us last week through the Michael Wagoner interview we did. Or all the awesome articles going on on the website Wild during Wagner Wild week. Wagner Week. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I have read some of the best rock articles that I've ever read in my entire life this last week at www.decibelgeek.com, yep. because we've got a team of writers that are just kicking ass all the time you know and and they're it's it's almost like they're all human interest pieces you know yeah from a kick-ass point of view yeah it's written from the fans perspective and they had plenty to choose from with uh, michael's discography yeah i read that one about extreme scathing yeah but honest <laughs> honest i yeah. loved it i yeah. loved it that stirred up a little bit of discussion yeah and uh yeah michael uh 
has been impressed with the articles and uh you know and he's uh how cool was that guy he's a great guy and we're looking forward to going back out there again and, and again, again and, and again, again. So, <laughs> as many times yeah. as we can i wanted to move in he wouldn't let me but, yeah uh, yeah some some uh, good times over at Wireworld. and very cool. um one thing that we discussed with michael when we were there when the interview wrapped up and this was totally his idea i wish we could play half the shit that went on after the interview wrapped yeah up. but we can't we can't talk too much about that <laughs> But uh, they'll just say it's it's really cool behind the curtain sometimes. Yeah, very cool. But uh, one of the things he brought up was, uh, you know, he does these uh, production workshops, and basically it's a, it's like a crash course in music production, and he does these out of the Wire World Studio just outside of Nashville here. Right. And um, he's about to do a seven day workshop, and this is like a soup to nuts workshop. It's basically like a full on education on how to record a band in seven days, and it's all day long each right. day. So if you're a producer or an aspiring producer, yeah. this is the kind of thing you want to get in on because I'm sure you may have gone to school or may have, you know, experience trying to record with some local artists and stuff. And you really, if you really, really want to take it to the next level, you go and you learn from a master. Yeah. And we're talking about hard rock, heavy metal masters this guy's worked on behind everything. the board. I can't think of anybody, barely anybody more qualified than Michael Wagner. I mean, there's others too, yeah. but Michael Wagner is a master master of producing hard rock and heavy metal he no is dope. and this is not just a commercial for michael this is a, this is an actual we're going to do a giveaway michael right. came up with this idea he said i'm a, i'm going to allow you guys to give away one slot to the upcoming seven day workshop for free and our response was holy shit yeah, really we hell were, yeah we, we were we'd be glad to be totally a part of that blown away by that and um the workshop starts on december 1st so we're, right. we're only going to have this contest open for two weeks so I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show that are involved in music production because hey we're all right. we're decibel geeks we exactly you know, we're all about all that stuff. So here's the deal. Let me give you a little quick rundown of what they are going to do. And this is off of the if you go to michaelwagoner.com, just go to production workshops and you'll see all this. And I'll put a link in the show notes. But just the first you thing you idea. really got to know is you've got to be available that first week of December, the first yes. through the seventh. Yes. Yes. That that. Above all else, don't enter this contest if you can't go through with being here in Nashville around that week. Right. And I have limited room on my couch, so don't think you're staying with me. Yeah, you can't stay yeah. here yeah. in the studio. But it's cramped. Although you could come by and visit and maybe actually record with us. Yeah. That's that a possibility. That would be very cool. So, um, but yeah, so here's what, it, what, before we get into the specifics of what, we're, what we ask of you, here's what you can expect. During the course of the workshop, they're going to record and mix one song from top to bottom, and the following areas of recording and mixing are explored in detail. You've got room acoustics, placement of instruments, mic placement, pre-production song arrangement, choice and placement of microphones, choice of microphone preamps, gain staging. This is all a really up, you know, way of stuff. Know, some of this I is don't way even know what head. half this means. Outboard gear for recording and mixing, analog summing, patch bays, analog digital, bus compression, equalization, and plenty more. Basically, Michael Wagner is going to let you into Wireworld Studios to hang out with him for seven days in a row yeah. to learn everything. And he he told me people go to school for years for this stuff yeah. that he can teach you in seven days. Right. I'm talking about in the presence of a master. And he 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 will provide a, a real live band that he will work with. That's that's the awesome part to me. There's going to be a live band in the studio yeah. that you're going to be recording, and yeah. he's going to be teaching you how to record a band while a band is actually there. Yeah, and they're. How Actually, cool they're working that? on a project. So. I, feel, I feel bad for people that paid a whole shitload of money to go to college for something like this. Right. Going, what? I could have just listened to the Decibel Geek podcast, entered this contest, won it, and spent time <laughs> a whole entire week with Michael Wagner? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. 
And it says their they're hands-on, everybody will be put to work during the recording session. So you're not just going to sit on a couch and watch them work. You're going to be a no, part you're, of this. No, you're a worker. So if so, whatever gets released out of this band's project, you know, you could say you had a hand in that. Exactly, and you get a piece of it when it's all done yeah, because you'll get to take home a CD of what you've done. Yeah, you get a CD of the mixed and pre-mastered versions of the song, and he says hopefully a lot more knowledge about recording and mixing than what you came here with. Yeah, I'd say. And he also says if time allows, they will visit a rec- an equipment manufacturer and a pro-mastering studio on Nashville's famous Music Row. Hell so to the you yeah. You get a field trip in the process. You want in on this? Well, here's how you do it. Yeah. We're going to open it up. We're going to, well, what are we doing? We're going to allow these guys out there that really, really, and I'm telling you, you've yeah. got to really be able to be available for this and really want to be a part of it and to contribute. Yeah. And here's how you do it. Okay. All you basically need to do, we're, we're going to kind of take this from a couple of different angles. We want to make sure you're serious about this and you're going to take this seriously. So it, it's going to help you if you send in music of stuff you've done. And I'm not telling you that the band has to be an amazing band, but he what because Michael's going to listen to all submissions. It's got to be something a project that you've worked on yourself that gives him an idea of where your skill level is. And it's okay if you're a very an early beginner. It doesn't have to be a pro thing. This is about teaching people. I got a feeling Michael Michael Wagner is the kind of guy that's looking for somebody with some heart. And that's the other part of this. We want you to write in an email to us, and all this can be sent to decibelgeek at gmail.com, and I'll put a yes. link up and everything. We're going to do promotions on the Facebook page. You're you're going to get sick of hearing about this contest. But anyway, basically send us an email detailing how, why you think you should be the one chosen for this. Right, because it is a big deal. You're going to want to include you know, not just your resume, you know, what you've gone to school for or the experience that you may have had in, out on the, you know, doing your own thing. You know, either way, it's all good. You know, you want to get in touch with us. You want to let us know that this is something that you're 100% serious about and you 100% want to be involved in, and we can make it happen for you. So the bigger, the better. Yeah, and the uh, the regular rate for this, if you decided to pay for this, and this doesn't include travel, hotel, or food. If you don't win, if you, if don't, you don't want to do all that do and it. just want to buy it. It's $2,450, so that's the value of the prize that you can win off of this. So. Big, pretty big, big deal right here. Yeah, I'd so, say. so yes, it, it is a big it. deal. You so learn from a master, get to learn from Michael Wagner, and hey, you could even come and hang out with us while you're in town. We'll put you on the show. Yeah, we will. Heck yeah. So decibelgeek at gmail.com. Either send us some music or send us a letter or both, and let us know why you think you should be chosen for this workshop. It is Shocktober. Yes, it is. Oh, and before we get into Shocktober, and this kind of fits along the lines, a listener slash now new staff member of our uh, website has a surprise for you that he sent through the mail. Okay. He asked me... Through the mail, huh? Yeah. He, really? He asked, I love it when you get stuff in the mail. Either of us had this product, and I said, Aaron would love to get this product. Well, you you got it already? Yeah, or? it's already open at the top oh, okay. there. Okay, let me... Oh, it's a book. We're, gonna, oh, we're opening this live on the air. He doesn't... Oh, know. yes. What'd you get? All my bitching and complaining has finally paid <laughs> off. I knew it would. I got the nothing to lose here. Yeah, okay, this, I got to go. This is from Devin Fox, the new writer for the for the website. Excellent. Thank you, Devin. Kick ass. You know, I've been bitching and complaining about this for long enough. <laughs> so I knew, it works. I knew eventually somebody would send it to me, and yeah. Devin is the man. So complain, awesome. that, so complain that we need a satellite radio deal and a million dollars. I'm working on it, okay. man. I, I do. I say that all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. Thank you so much, Devin. So, yeah, Devin, awesome. thanks for sending that in. I wanted you to get Aaron's natural reaction out of that. I so. wish Devin would have autographed it. Yeah, he should That would have been great. Because he's the new writer for the site. So. Heck, yeah. So, very cool. We love our writers. We do. And I especially like Devin. Sorry, yeah. Wally. He's my new favorite. 
And we have to do Geek of the Week. Obviously, Devin, you're on staff, so you're not eligible. But hey, thank you. So yeah, we, we do have a Geek cool. of the Week this week. Who's the this Geek is of the tough, week? man. We're we've got a lot of information laid out already. It's yeah. time to get to the show. Geek of the Week. This is cool because you pick Geek of the Week this yeah. week. But Geek of the Week is a guy named Cal Hintz, and he's from Wisconsin. Yep, Merrill, Wisconsin. That's right, and that's where I'm from because I know Cal Hintz. Oh, yeah. I went to school with Cal Hintz. He's, he's an awesome dude. So it's not there was no shenanigans going on because I'm the one who picked. So it. why did you pick Cal for uh, <laughs> Geek of the Week? He, he, I know he posts a lot on Facebook. Yeah, and that's very cool. Because he had a really funny comment when I was. I just I like to, you know, just kind of give people a little hint of what we're about to do and just get what they have to say. Right. And so I just put up a thing on the Facebook page at facebook.com/decibelgeek asking you know like what's your favorite shock rocker. And uh, he says, Nelson, man, those chicks were scary looking. (laughs) I I thought that was too funny to pass up on using. That sounds like the Cal Hintz I know. See, you know what I love about this is that there's one person that I went to school with that thinks I made something of myself. Well, that's all you need, right? Just one person. You'll have to tell the rest. (laughs) That dude's a big shot podcaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cal Hintz, man. I gave him money when I was in high school. I said, pick up the new Anthrax for me. You're going down to Camelot Music anyway, aren't you? Yeah. And he picked it up and brought it back to me. What album was that? It was the uh, Sound of White Noise, the first one with album. John Bush. Yeah, awesome album. I, I, I remember buying that one myself. Wow. Sometimes life comes full circle. So, <laughs> well, we're over. Gosh, we're over Cal 12 Hintz. minutes in. we got to get to some He's music. He's the dude. So, yeah. Oh, this will be commercial-free. We'll have a couple of plugs here and there, but uh, no commercials this week because okay. we got a lot to cover. Yeah, we do. Right. Shock Rocktober. Yeah. Okay, so where where does shock rock come from? And what, well, what is shock rock, really? Really, the actual definition will be was placed on somebody I'll be talking about later in the show, but I guess Alice Cooper is where the term really first came from. I think so. I think when you say shock rock, a lot of people would think Alice Cooper or maybe Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it's pretty much any performer who can... Or Ozzy Osbourne. They they go above just standing on a stage and performing. They actually really go all out in their performance to try to elicit a response. Shock. They want want to freak people out. Exactly. And I I think shock rock kind of has different layers to it, too, because you've got like theatrical shock rock where they're presenting something to you on stage and then you've got you know accidental shock rock where these guys are crazy they're just nuts and they're, so they're shocking they're shocking because they're weird behavior right and we'll talk so about some of that we too. got a little we've got it all covered so, here today but we wanted to kind of go chronologically about when you we were when america or the world was first introduced to some of these performers and I guess I have the first pick. Right? Yeah, you do, right so off the bat. you got to go all the way back to 1956, and I'd say even that's, Alice Cooper ooh. would agree that this is the first shot. That's a rock long rock. reach in the past for the Decibel Geek podcast. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the furthest that's back the we've furthest gone. furthest back we've ever gone. Until we wow. do the 1923 year in review. <laughs> but um, new year in review coming soon, folks, I promise. Oh, yeah. We've had a few people, when's the next year in review? We're working on it. Okay. It's hard work. It is hard work, just like this one was. But yeah, uh, so. Screamin' Jay Hawkins, better known, his original name was Jalacy Hawkins. He was born in July 18th, 1929, died in 2000. Jalacy is just not as terrifying a name enough. Screaming Jay. And uh, he studied classical piano as a child, learned guitar in his 20s. His initial goal was to become an opera singer. And in 1949, he was the middleweight, middleweight boxing champion of Alaska. So he is a badass. He is scary. Yeah. So he beat either, the shit out of you. Either you like his music or he's going to punch you. <laughs> but... Uh, the famous song everybody knows, I Put a Spell on You. Yeah, so let's let's listen to a little bit of that, and then I have a couple of things to say about uh, Screamin' Jay. Well, 
Yeah, that's why they call him Screaming Jay Hawkins. I read something interesting about that is when they recorded that song that they were like just completely wasted. Yeah. And all the screaming and the grunts and the groans that he added to it. They actually had to edit that out later to play it for radio because it was too sexual. It sounded like somebody was getting it on in the middle of this song. And even after all the edits and everything, they still wouldn't play it on radio. It was banned in a lot of places. And, um, after the release of this song, uh, radio disc jockey Alan Freed. Who That's is the guy that coined the phrase rock, rock and roll. roll. Yeah. Uh, he offered uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins $300 to emerge from a coffin on stage. See? And, and that's where that came from. So Alan Freed kind of helped invent shock rock. That dude is like the uh, the rock and roll entrepreneur. You yeah. know, he's like, hey, you know, let, let's do this. You know, come out of the coffin, sing into the uh, smoking skull, yeah, that's what put he a did. bone in your nose, and you're going to be this thing that they're going to be talking about in 2013. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he kind of had a voodoo thing going on, and uh, some people even compared him to like a black Vincent Price. Yeah. He so, was a scary dude, so, you know, especially yeah. once he picked up that gimmick. Other than that, he was just scary. Scary drunk. Yeah. Scary box your brains in. But he didn't really, I mean, it, he uh, his influence didn't wasn't far-reaching because yeah. it, it took a number of years before another performer came around. He was around. basically one-hit wonder kind of a guy. Yeah, so another performer comes around in 1968, and uh, it was a group called The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. And you got to remember during these times, the times of Screaming Jay Hawkins and the time of, of Arthur Brown, you know, this shock rock is really really freaking shocking yeah because this is like well when arthur brown's around it's flower power era hippie stuff you know psychedelic stuff is the big thing and then of course when screaming jay hawkins came out you had rock around the clock and goody two-shoes type stuff right so it was really i'm sure it freaked people out i'm sure it did so um, shocking so crazy world arthur brown was an english psychedelic band um formed in 67 they uh they they released an out the a song that called fire and oh yeah this was this was it was kind of a one-hit there, wonder yeah too. as well and uh brown earned a reputation for having a powerful voice that spanned four octaves and uh he had outlandish performances included he had a burning metal helmet i was gonna say is this guy that set his head on fire yeah. all the time and it's <laughs> this is a good story he says during during an early appearance at the windsor festival in 67 he wore a colander on his head that was soaked in methanol oh wow and the fuel poured over his head by accident and caught fire Two bystanders doused the flames by pouring beer on his head, <laughs> preventing any serious in- in- injury, but it became his signature. That's what will happen to you here tonight if yeah. you happen to catch on fire. Right. <laughs> I'll dump so, beer on you. 
<laughs> and he also there's times at times he would strip completely naked and run around and uh shocking and uh, he was arrested a number of times and he was notable for uh extreme makeup so if you see pictures of arthur brown you'll see yeah. where alice cooper and kiss got the original exactly. idea from so he was a very uh very inventive guy he was kicked off of a tour with Jimi hendrix for his antics really yeah and, too um, wild for Jimi hendrix too shocking and then there's this store on one tour he waited until the sunset when his band was playing and then he had a winch lower him onto the middle of the stage from above and he was wearing a suit and helmet welded from sheet metal uh-huh. and parts of the suit were completely lit in lighter fluid and sparklers Oh, so wow. uh, it basically said he cr- created a perception that he was always on the verge of setting fire to the stage. So some concert people would l- make him take out extra insurance because they were worried of what right? he was going to do. Well, yeah, so, you know, and then you wonder where bands like Kiss get it from. Yeah, so this is uh, the origin origins of shock rock. No guitar in his band, just had bass, drums, and, and keyboard. So this is Arthur Brown with Fire. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. What if King Diamond were the lead singer of Deep Purple without <laughs> without Richie Blackmore? Yeah, that's, that's pr- what you got. That's what you get. Crazy World of Arthur Brown. That's good stuff, though. Yeah. You know, you really got to appreciate these early pioneers of shock rock because, you know, back then, like you say, it wasn't acceptable at all to no. do really anything. So with these guys doing this stuff, if, if Jimi Hendrix is weirded out and kicking you off tour, yeah. you've got something going on. Absolutely. Unfortunately, nowadays, the only time you hear about this guy is on the Decibel Geek podcast. Right. Yeah, Arthur Weird. Brown is a buried treasure. And he uh there's a video on YouTube of Alice Cooper playing in England, I think last year, and he comes on stage with the helmet and everything and they do that song. Oh, it's right. It's really on. good with guitar. That's too. cool. Yeah, I bet. See, that's the mess- missing key. I bet you that guy would have had guitar because the bass is funky and good. Yeah. If you had some guitar in there, you know, tone back the keyboards a little bit, yeah. we'd still be well, talking the, about the, them today. The organ type keyboards were that was what was in back then, so right. the, things have changed. Well, um, talking about a band that did have guitars, and we are still talking about today, man, you're on a roll with these early picks. Yeah, well, the next thing that came out was uh, Iggy Pop, which basically it, but it was more known as the Stooges back in the, the early 70s. Right. And uh, Iggy Pop originally named James Newell Osterberg Jr., Iggy Pop sounds a little bit better. Yeah, it's more shocking. Yeah. Much more shocking. And, you know, Iggy's still around performing and uh, still just as wild as ever. But uh, and here's a guy who didn't wear any makeup, didn't have any costumes, but was just so nuts on stage. I think shock rock sometimes goes beyond, like, the theatrical stage show and becomes a lot more of we've got to go to this concert because something crazy yeah, might happen. He didn't know what he was going to do. I mean, yeah, he's the kind of guy who'd be cutting himself with a piece of glass or he's he's got his, his dick hanging out or something, <laughs> and, you know, he's just Iggy Pop. Yeah, he uh, he's his the seeds of his stage persona were sown when he saw The Doors perform in 67. 
at the uh, University of Michigan, and he was amazed by Jim Morrison's stage presence. You know, and a lot of people will consider the Doors shock rock yeah, as well. They uh, almost made for that, on that for that same reason. You know, because you go to the show, you may not be the biggest Doors fan, you may not be the biggest Iggy Pop fan, but you might show up at the show because you just might think you see something crazy that you never saw before. Well, he was he was the first performer to ever do a stage dive, and he started oh, doing right that at a concert in D- Detroit. Detroit was a real I, hotbed back. I did days. not know that, but it does not surprise me. Yeah, Detroit, all them MC. Five, Ted Nugent, all them guys coming out of there at that time. And he, uh, other things he did, he would roll around in broken glass, he yeah. would expose himself, and he would vomit on stage. I also remember one incident where he rubbed peanut butter all over himself. Why? I, somebody put a peanut but a jar of peanut butter up to him and he just grabbed it and started smearing it all over himself don't put peanut butter in front of this guy he, uh, <laughs> and when the stooges were forming he he actually called mo howard of the three stooges and asked if it was okay to call the band the stooges right on and mo howard responded by merely saying i don't care what they call themselves as long as they're not the three stooges and he hung up the phone yeah well so, that's cool though i that's didn't know neat. that and what then, an interesting uh, thing and also there's a Apparently there was a a movie being made called The Passenger about his early career with the Stooges, but it's been shelved. But I'd like to see it. Elijah Wood was going to play Iggy Pop. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I'm interested in it. So yeah, here's a little bit of Stooges for you. <laughs> It's like, what do you get when you see Jim Morrison and say, how can I be crazier than that? Yeah. You get did. Iggy Pop. Yeah, that was uh, that was Death Trip from the Raw Power album from 73. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, when you think shock rock, I know when I think shock rock, we kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the show, you know, when you think shock rock, I think just about probably 90% of everybody thinks Alice Cooper. Yeah. And it's about this time, too. Yeah, Alice Cooper started out in the late 60s. Uh, he was born Vincent Damon Fernier. Again, not shocking. Yeah, and uh, born in Arizona, but moved up to Detroit to make it. That's how big Detroit yeah. was. So, um, but Alice, you know, those there, of you that all know, these all these shock rock bands were trying to get on Motown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barry Gordy wanted nothing to do with that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, Alice's stage show featured guillotines, electric chair, fake blood, boa constrictors, baby dolls. And, and all uh, kinds of cool shit. Yeah, and he he drew a lot of stuff from horror movies and vaudeville and garage rock. And, you know, he's done a lot of things over the years. I don't have to go into too much detail about Alice. People but, were afraid of this dude back then. Well, and Big time. The, basically, the, the earth, basically where shock rock came from was the incident that happened at the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival concert in September of 1969. It was a total accident. Chickens don't fly. Right. Somebody <laughs> throws a, fe- a feather pillow up on the stage and there's a chicken inside of it. And is that how it was a 
with a chicken inside of it? Yeah, I think, or there was a chicken. I have it written down here. But he, well, anyway, the, a chicken winds up on stage. But there was a feather pillow up there, too. And Alice, being from Detroit or whatever, doesn't know anything about farming. And he just assumed that if he threw the chicken, it would fly. It's going to fly away like a dove. Well, <laughs> it didn't work that way. He picked it up and threw it out over the crowd. And it, it plummeted into the first few rows, occupied by a bunch of disabled people in wheelchairs who tore the chicken apart. Wow. Just ripped it to shreds. See, I always heard the story about, you know, they threw a chicken on stage. I didn't know it couldn't fly. I threw it back, and they tore it to pieces. Yeah. I didn't know it was a bunch of disabled people. Yeah, it was. A bunch of people in wheelchairs. That's wild. So, yeah, demented wheelchair people were in the <laughs> They Cooper made show. Alice Cooper more of a shock rocker by doing that. Yeah, so it, wow. it, so it made the front I've page got, of papers I've got, everywhere. I've got new respect for those people that have those things hanging off their mirrors. But the, the funny thing is, is... Um, it made newspapers everywhere, <laughs> and then Frank Zappa, who helped the Alice Cooper man get its start, he phoned Alice and asked if the story, which also reported that he had bitten off the chicken's head and drunk its blood, if it was true. And Alice says, no, it's not true at all. And then Zappa says, well, whatever you do, don't tell anyone you didn't do it. Right, exactly. Like it's too good a press to pass up. Exactly, because you got to think about that. At that time, you know, maybe Alice Cooper band may not have made it as big as they did without the power of that behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, know, because the speculation and the fear that goes into it, you know, right. that's what makes you a true shock rocker. Yeah. And then, you know, those of you that have listened to the show for a long time, remember we interviewed Dick Wagner, who played with Alice from the Welcome to My Nightmare period, period all the way through the early 80s. He's a shock rocker. And, you know, he was a big part of that. And then, you know, Alice, you know, I was want to play. And Brad Kalman said, I'm going to give you credit because you suggested this, a listener that's very vocal, said, you know, he nominated. Uh, us to play something from the Welcome to My Nightmare, the sequel album. It's a great album. And uh, I just I wanted to pick something off that, so I thought I'd pick something that Dick had a hand in. This was actually a song that he had written with Alice back in the 70s, around the time that I Never Cry came out, and uh, Alice couldn't hit the notes back then, And but so he went, Ezrin talked Alice into doing it for this new album, yeah. saying just go ahead and put in the work and do it, because it's the best thing you guys have written as far as a ballad goes. So this is a song called Something to Remember Me By. I want to tell you something Just a word and it's no lie I got so much feeling inside of me, baby Our love will last forever Through the changes of the heart Through the lonely nights Whenever we're far apart before we say goodbye, all I want to say is I, I just want to give you something to remember me by, something that lasts forever, cause our love is for all time. say a dead chicken is something to remember you by yeah but, uh, i'd say that and a lot of great stage shows and songs heck yeah so, man so. that guy really puts it out there as far as like the theatrical side of shock rock you know like you said with the guillotines and the stage show and yeah. all the cool stuff i've seen alice cooper live about a year ago and he's still out there doing it just as good as ever if not better yeah as a testament to that song you yeah, know he's he's a, he's the one that came to mind immediately when we decided to do this show heck yeah and while we're talking about shock rock you know who turns you on to more music than the decibel geek podcast probably not a whole lot of people you know so far today you might be saying man screaming jay hawkins 
I want to check out some of that, you know, kind of cool, you know, or or maybe I got to get me some world, crazy world of Arthur Brown or get me that raw power by Iggy and the Stooges or welcome to my nightmare, you know, and the best place to go get your music obviously is at Amazon. And if you're going to go to Amazon, you might as well help us out at the same time by clicking on the link at www.decibelgeek.com. Yeah, and if you go to the show notes, I'll have the link for each song that that we're playing on this thing. There'll be a link that'll go directly to that song, and you could buy that song. And also, if you're not even looking for songs at the now, and you're just going to go shopping for Christmas shopping because it's just around the corner, and you want to help us out, you'll see that Amazon link there right there on the front page of the site. Just click on that and do your shopping, and we get a little kickback from that. Heck yeah, maybe you want to buy a guillotine or maybe (laughs) uh, a torture rack or some raw meat to throw or some broken glass. It's all available on Amazon, and whatever you buy, go through the Decibel Geek website and, you know, help us out. And while you're at the Decibel Geek podcast website, maybe you don't feel like ordering nothing off Amazon. You just want to kick us a little appreciation. You want to tip your DJs. You can do that as well at www.decibelgeek.com and hit the donate button. Yep, that's all you have to do. And, uh, Simple as that. Help us out. It says, hey, we have uh, kids to buy Christmas stuff for, too. Right. But, uh, and guillotines. Yeah, and, and a broom and a dustpan <laughs> to clean all that stuff up. Right. So, uh, all right, what's next? All right, so we continue on Shock Rocktober. You know, and, and when you're talking about Shock Rock, you know, you go from Alice Cooper. Well, who took Alice Cooper's shtick and made it into the hottest thing in the world? Well, that'd be Kiss. For Alice Cooper. That's right. You know, they pick up where Alice Cooper pretty much leaves off and amplifies it times four. You know, it's a character-driven band featuring the Star Child, the Catman, the Space Ace, and the horror-inspired demon. You know, you got the the blood spitting, the fire breathing, you know, the the smoking guitars, you know, the bombs going off, the fire, you know, it's kind of shocking, but is Kiss really a shock rock band? Back in the 70s, I'd say they definitely were. As far as lyrical content, not really. No, I mean, they're more good time image, party rock Image-wise, you know, people, un, unsuspecting victims might see Kiss and be like, Whoa, yeah. you know, what's that? I'm afraid. Right. Well, Gene you know? uh, Gene would carry that alone. I mean, he was Gene was pretty frightening back in the day. Yeah, you know, his stage mannerisms yeah. and the flicker into the tongue and, of no, course, the blood the spitting, blood. Yeah. fire breathing, all that. Shocking stuff. Yeah, kiss well. And he dated Diana Ross and Cher. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Sold lots of magazines. Yeah, you know, it's scary stuff, yeah, Kiss. We huh? could go on. We could go on about Kiss for hours, and we do. So let, let's just go ahead and move on. All right. Well, you know, we talk about Shock Rock, and here's one I think is really in, you know, doesn't get enough credit at all. And I'm talking about Wendy O. Williams. As far as Shock Rock, 
I mean, Wendy O. Williams is about as shocking as it gets. You know, she's known for her live performances featuring chainsaws, explosions, and nudity. Oh, yeah. She arrested twice in 1981, once in Wisconsin for simulating sex on stage with a sledgehammer. See, Miley, you didn't do it first. Right, and, and also in Ohio on an obscenity charge for wearing only shaving cream. Really? You know what? <laughs> you know, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, Yeah. whatever. This was the originator. Whatever. You guys don't have nothing on Wendy O. Williams. Also arrested in Chicago for beating the shit out of a paparazzi. You want to take pictures of Wendy O. Williams jogging, you better watch your ass. You get it beat. Yeah, she was the real deal. She she lived the lifestyle that she professed to live. Hell yeah, she did, and came out with some pretty wild music. Here's a taste of that, featuring none other than the spaceman himself, Ace Frehley, on lead guitar. This one's called Bump and Grind. People see Wendy O. Williams and they think giant mohawk. Yeah. Nice tits. <laughs> I can see them. They're not covered up. You yeah. know, crazy bands, sledgehammers, chainsaws. Yeah. But in 1985, she was actually nominated for a Grammy. And she's done work as an actress. And I say this about the late Wendy O. Williams. She yeah. was an animal rights activist as well. And uh, in 1989, died suicide, yeah. self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah, she went through a so, lot of rough stuff yeah you know um, but but what a life you know yeah they uh that shock rock that wow album that that comes from is it, it's almost considered like a lost kiss album because right you've got you've got paul eric carr gene ace i think even Vinny plays Vinny, on some of this yeah Vinny, i know he at least co-wrote a song on there yeah so i think it, eric carr plays almost on the entire thing yeah it's it's almost like a kiss album from the creatures era i could have saved that for a camaro's cutout bin because i well i paid a little bit more than a dollar for it I but bet. Yeah. i saw that at the store and i was like no way yeah if and you're I bought it. if you're a kiss fan and you don't own that album it's worth having in your collection. it's very cool uh shock, shocking song titles from wendy o williams and the plasmatics sex junkie put your love in me the day of the humans is gone i love sex and rock and roll and that classic work that muscle fuck that booty <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she was such a deep thinker. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, man. I had to say it. <laughs> That's great. It's the name of a real song. Oh, I believe it. Wow. 
That's where Gene got the idea for writing about Woo. fireplaces and logs and stuff. There's some Kiss songs on that Wendy yeah. O. Williams album. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah, Thief in the Night came from that album. Yeah. Yeah, Gene was helping her It's My Life. Yeah, It's My Life. The best unreleased Kiss song ever made. Mm-hmm. Should have been a single. Anyway, I'm not going to get on a rant. But Boy, it's uh, going to be hard to follow Wendy O. Williams. <laughs> what do you got? Okay. <laughs> well, actually. This is the ultimate shock rocker. Yeah, I'd say. The, and this guy had no interest in being a shock rocker. He just wanted, right. to, wanted to be his disgusting this self. This was where you guys, you, somebody looked at Jim Morrison and said, eh. Yeah, screw Looked him. at Iggy Pop and said, eh. Alice Cooper, well, I can totally totally be a shock rocker yeah. and i don't even have to have a good band or good songs or nothing and that's mostly the case <laughs> uh, at least in my opinion gg allen born jesus christ allen his father was a lunatic and uh this gg if you don't know who gg allen is family. and you go search on youtube buyer beware yeah be aware <laughs> so. if you're gonna look up some gg allen stuff you know be aware that you're gonna see some pretty messed well, up things he was into self-mutilation attacking yeah. audience members yeah he did and defecating and eating it and throwing it and too. throwing it at yeah. people oh, too yeah, totally. so his concerts were really uh were, were very uh hands-on and, and, and experience this was a guy that basically said you know i can be a rock star just by being insane yeah. and the more insane i am and the more crazy i am the more, the more people are yeah the more people are gonna pay attention to me nobody ever 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 went to a gg allen show because they liked the music no ever and if you did i think you're lying and if you did go to the gg allen show is because you thought you might see something crazy and that, happen. Uh, yeah and i don't i and think you probably weren't disappointed 99 percent of the concerts he ever did ended after like three songs because they were probably he's beating people up and shitting on them and i've and got bleeding. a dvd i've got a dvd at home called the dirty south tour and you can yeah. imagine how well gg allen went over in the bible belt no they didn't like him but uh yeah so he he pr- and he also promised for several years that before he he died he would commit suicide on stage during one of his shows. Well, he didn't get to do it because he died in '93 of an accidental heroin overdose. But it, uh, it's all on video too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know about the death, but th- there's a movie called Hated that's a documentary about Gigi Allen. Yeah. And it's actually the first. Do- I think it was made by, I think the guy's name is Todd Phillips, and he's the guy who went on to direct The Hangover. But it was his. Wow. It was his college movie project his film school project wild. but uh, yeah They're, if you haven't seen hated it's a good documentary it's right disgusting on. but it's a good documentary oh, it's about gg allen <laughs> yeah, you know it's but, disgusting uh, but yeah so th- i mean this guy was nuts he would he would visit john wayne gacy in prison john wayne gacy wound up painting a, pi- a portrait of him i mean really he, yeah he was i didn't ins- know that he was completely insane so um yeah it's i'm not gonna try to i'm not gonna hurt your ears too much with this but i gotta play a little bit of gg allen give you a taste at this least is of a, what you're in for this is a lovely little ballad called give me some head hey now girls i want lip service How 
Well, I'll be damned. That is the best G.G. Allen song I've ever heard. Yeah, and it sucks, too. But, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that's the best of the worst. I had to really dig for that one. Really? Yeah. I've Although I don't like saying that. that I had to dig when talking about G.G. Allen. <laughs> but, uh, I had to dig my way yeah. out of the club. We went and seen him, and he threw so many feces. It's disgusting. But, yeah, if uh, Hated is worth seeing as a documentary, I would not suggest picking up any of his music. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, G.G. Allen was a spectacle, you know, not so much of a musician, but, you yeah. know, a spectacle, no doubt about it. Yeah. Anybody on this list that can claim to be more shocking than G.G. No. Allen is a liar. No, he's the worst. <laughs> liar. Yeah, no doubt about it. Right. You know, talking about a guy that maybe, you know, in the 80s, I would say was the king of shock rock. Talking about the Prince of Darkness and maybe the unintentional king of shock rock in the 80s, because I don't know that Ozzy ever intended to be shocking, but, you know, head head biting off of animals and, <laughs> and public pissings and yeah. the allegations of Satanism and the suicidal suggestions and the hidden lyrics and the meanings and the albums and... All that stuff made Ozzy Osbourne a very, very scary person well, yeah, in the this 80s. Was, this was pre-reality show when he got toned down quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah, because you think about that, when the Osbournes came out, that really kind of crashed the whole it, Prince of Darkness thing. It took thing. all of it away. Because I remember being a kid and saying, I want this Ozzy Osbourne record, and my dad going... Yeah, I don't know if I should let you listen to that, you know, and that's the kind of thing Ozzy Osbourne had going on in the 80s. And it was because of the not so much what he was doing on stage because he didn't have guillotines and he no. didn't have all that stuff. He had Randy Rhodes, you know, yeah. and some kick ass songs. Yeah. But he was Ozzy Osbourne, the Prince of Darkness, and his reputation preceded, preceded. him. Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. So in the 80s, talk about, you know, King of Shock Rock. And I think one song really did it above all others and it would be this one subjects out there more touchy than suicide yeah and you know in 1984 a suit was brought against ozzy osbourne against uh from some parents of, yeah. a, of a teenager who had killed himself after allegedly listening to blizzard of oz right you know and killing himself because of you know that song so i mean scary in the 80s yeah ozzy osbourne i think the true story was that he wrote the song about bon scott 
Well, and, and partially in that it was uh, Bob Daisley, the bass player that wrote a lot of those songs, and he oh, said yeah. he had wrote it about Ozzy and his drinking oh, problems. Oh, really? Hmm. So the song was all about alcohol. It was a cautionary tale. And, right, how you if you drink too much, you're basically kill killing yourself. yourself yeah. You know, not go kill yourself, No, but drink first. Remember the whole get the gun, shoot, shoot, shoot thing. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. That's where that so came that's, from. that's some shocking stuff right there, you know, and in, in the 80s, nobody's scarier than Ozzy. But right up there yeah. is a guy named Blackie Lawless. Yep. Of course, I'm talking about Wasp. And Wasp, you know what? They embraced the shock rock thing. I mean, they, no doubt about it, were putting on a show to scare people, to frighten people a little bit. And they were the prominent target in the mid-'80s of Tipper Gore and the PMRC. You know, yep. they, they were right up there on the list of, of who they were well, trying to shut down with their warning labels on music. Well, their spot on that list was well-earned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and they weren't ashamed of it. You know, it even goes as far as the name Wasp. Of course, yeah. you know, it's an abbreviation. And over the years, there's been a lot of speculation of what Wasp even stands for. Yeah. A lot of people say we are sexual perverts. Or we are satanic people. We are Satan's people. Yeah. We all smoke pot. Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> I believe they all do. Probably. When you ask Blackley Lawless, he says, We're not we ain't sure, pal. That's Wasp. Oh, we ain't sure, pal. He don't know. Uh live shows, I don't know, eating live worms, throwing yeah, throw, raw meat in the Aubie audience, yeah. tying naked chicks to torture racks. Yeah. Sounds cool. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's the song that Wasp got in so much trouble for. It's Animal Fuck Like a Beast. Unlike Ozzy Osbourne, Wasp are very, very intentionally shocking. Oh yeah, that was their whole thing. Yeah, totally, and they did it well. Yeah, they were. I mean, they that was they were out to freak out parents. And you know what? It worked. And they're still out there. Yeah. Wasp being one of the most well, enduring bands. Well, Blackie with some other guys. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> but Blackie's always been Wasp. Yeah. So, yeah, but the it carries on. It's shocking. <laughs> we won't still. get into Chris Holmes's recent output. That's no, that's, that's fucking shocking. Yeah, that's some shocking. <laughs> shocking in a very bad way. But um, there's good shocking and there's bad yeah. shocking. That's bad. I want to talk about Kim Bendix Peterson. That doesn't sound too shocking. He was born in 1956 in Copenhagen. Yeah. He's also better known as King Diamond. Shocking. Yeah. King Diamond. <laughs> Uh, the original impetus for doing this show was a listener suggestion that we do a whole show on King Diamond. Wow. 
The problem with that is Aaron and I are neither are really fans of King Diamond. I mean, I don't mind King so. Diamond. There's King Diamond songs that I don't, you know, I don't hate King Diamond. There's songs that are good, but I'm just not a big fan. I'm not either. I'm I, not into it. I can get into a couple of songs here and there. So I'm not a Satanist, you know. Yeah, I'm not either. And that's it's, his, it's kind of a, a prerequisite to really being yeah, a big king. If you if you are if somebody comes up to me and says I'm a huge King Diamond fan, I say Satan worshiper. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's what's called a Levian Satanist. Right. And so he, he does not see... Not that there's anything wrong with he that. He doesn't see it as a religion, <laughs> but a philosophy by which he's lived even before reading Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. Um, well, there you have it. Yeah, it's it's his thing, and if you're into that, great. But uh, he be- If not, it's shocking. But, you know, when the suggestion came in, I was like, well... I don't want to do a whole show on him, but he if we ever do a shock rock show, he definitely oh, belongs on the list. Sure. Most he is definitely. a shock rocker. Oh, yeah. He, See, uh, here's the thing. Where Ozzy Osbourne was shocking to the normal person in America in this time, even King Diamond was shocking to the people that were okay with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. People that were okay with Motley Crue. People that were okay with like the, the comp- contemporary bands of that time, mm-hmm. even to them. King Diamond was still shocking because he worshipped the fucking devil. Yeah, you know? he was he was all about that. And on stage, he uses a microphone handle consisting of a femur bone and a tibia bone in the shape of a cross. He uh, had previously used a human. They're real. He had previously used a human skull called Melissa on stage in the mid '80s. Melissa, she's real. Melissa was stolen after a performance in the Netherlands. So somebody has some she's really. She's on the loose. Somebody has some really evil, <laughs> evil karma catching up to them after that. Um, King Diamond is casting a spell in your direction right now. He uh, he changed the design of his makeup often over the years. Well, once I think Kiss fans will remember yeah. why. He, uh, Gene Simmons sued him, didn't he? Yeah, Gene sued him. I guess I don't know if he won or he got him to change it. Looking a little too demonic there, yeah. King Diamond. So he's he's changed it over a few different times, and uh, but released he's released a lot of albums. He's got a very yeah, he he's got a very very devoted fan base. And, uh, Satanists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. I'm not gonna get in trouble with Satan worshippers, but uh, he definitely belongs on the list. So here's a little bit of King Diamond Halloween. appropriate song for Halloween. Yeah, that's right. Perfect timing for what we're doing here today, exploring a little shock rock and none more shocking really than King Diamond. If I ever if I ever do uh, King Diamond karaoke, I'm going to I want to oh, have wow. a I want to have a helium tank standing by so I can pull it off. And then at the moment where the helium tank don't kick in enough for you to hit that note, I'll punch you right in the nuts. There you go. And that'll help me hit the heart. <laughs> you just want to punch me. In the nuts. But um, yeah, so King Diamond, you know, he deserves to be on the list even though we're not the biggest fans. Shocking to everyone 
except Satanists. Yeah. And if we pissed off any of you Satanists and you want to let us know, there's a way you can do that. Totally. You can call us on the phone number. And, hey, the phone number's been really quiet lately, guys. Come on. We want to hear from you. We'll play, we'll play voicemails on the thing. We know it's old-fashioned technology to actually pick up the phone and leave a voicemail. But, hey, you know, we're playing a lot of old-fashioned music sometimes, you know, as we go back into history all the way back to the 1950s with Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. You know, they had telephones back then, and mm-hmm. that makes it okay for you to use it today. So if you want to call us and say, hey, we hate the way you bagged on a Satanist or we love <laughs> love the way that you know whatever yeah. it doesn't matter or we're that's, striper fans and we love the way you bagged on the same right there you go you know <laughs> awesome new album by the way oh yeah it's great totally um you want to talk about that or anything else you just want to hit us up and let us know what's on your mind you want to make a request anything the phone number is available to you and that phone number is 540-DB-GEEK-1 or if you want the digits that's 540-324-3351 no i didn't remember that i'm re- reading it right off the screen i, I thought i had this <laughs> put it on put it on the notes you know nice it helps yeah that does help so okay you got the next pick so shock rocktober continues and you know we're at the point now where it's getting to be like the late 80s into the early 90s yeah. and uh we're kind of at the point now where shock rock has become like an art form. You know, it's an accepted thing now. Shock, not for shock value, but because it's something we can cash in on. Right. And, you know, not taking nothing away from it because Lizzie Borden did exactly that. You know, took what Alice Cooper was doing, a little bit of Kiss, a little bit of Wasp, and put it all together into one package and was pretty kick-ass in his own right. You know, a lot of great albums over the years, a lot of great songs. This guy, you want to know about how shocking and theatrical Lizzie Borden was, Go. you can go to YouTube. It's I know it's on YouTube. Or you can go to Amazon and find the, uh, I don't know if it's on DVD. I know it was on VHS when I was a kid, <laughs> the Murderous Metal Roadshow. Right. It's a live concert of Lizzie Borden and his band, and it's got all the theatrics that you would come to expect from a shock rocker like Lizzie Borden. I'm sure this one's on there, too. Take a little taste of this. It's Eyes of a Stranger. Was he cashing in on Shock Rock? Maybe a little bit, but I always love Lizzie Borden because, you know, yeah, there's some comparisons to Ozzy Osbourne, and there may be some comparisons to Alice Cooper and maybe even Wasp, but Lizzie Borden was a hell of a songwriter. Great singer. You know, had his own flavor. Awesome singer. Yeah. 
Very underrated. Very underrated. I give Lizzie Borden a lot more props than most people do, and yeah, they should. Give, give that guy a chance. Go to Amazon get you some Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Shock Rock? Talk about Shock Rock, you know. What's more shocking than everything we've talked about already? It's Guar. It's the most shocking stage show, probably. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the things those guys have done over the years. I remember the first time I seen Guar. Do you remember the first time you seen Guar? Yeah, I've seen were, him three were, times. Were you, I'm talking about like first time visually ever. Oh, you mean like seeing him on TV or on whatever? On TV or yeah, anything. I had a, a, my brother's friend was uh, really into them. Yeah? I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty blown away by it. Yeah, me too. The first time I saw Guar, I was just like, holy shit, yeah. what is this? You know, and then it's got all that stuff going on, you know, and they're making movies to go along with their albums, and they're offensive, you know, and they're vile, and they're vulgar, and it's it's awesome, you know, and then they got the costumes, and everything is over the top times 10 with oh, Guar. Yeah. You know, and with such timeless classics as, you know, I don't know, I just take a spin through the iPod here, you know, you got songs like uh, Slaughterama, that's awesome, Sick of You, Sexecutioner, yeah. Rock and Roll Never Felt So Good, I almost picked that one pussy planet preschool <laughs> prostitute uh penis i see penile drip i mean that was <laughs> good on the line i What's mean on their mind so many so many great things with guar you know so many deep meanings baby raper fish fuck <laughs> um fucking an animal you ever yeah. heard that one it's easy listening <laughs> it's easy listening wow it's guar so you know what can you say here's some guar for you just kick back and take an easy breath and enjoy the guar. love guar you know can you imagine if guar came out at the same time as screaming jay hawkins could you imagine? know what to think about that <laughs> the only sad thing about guar is that you know they're like i said so uh, offensive in their lyrics and, oh, yeah. and so you know vulgar and vile and just terrible but it's great because everybody gets the joke, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you can't be easily offended if, if you're going to listen to Guar. Right. You know, I yeah. try to imagine somebody that's, you know, never listened to Guar before as a nice, proper, you know, person well, would hear that for the first time. It would drive them insane. The, their whole credo is everything has to be intentionally over the top. And that, exactly. incl that includes the lyrical content. So if you're intentionally shocking, there is none higher than Guar. Well, there's one guy that might be able to make a case. Man, I don't know. You know, 
We're into the 90s, and when you think of 90s shock rock, there's one guy that definitely has to come to mind. Well, there's a couple of guys that come to mind, but one of them I always think of is Rob Zombie. You know, it, of yeah. course, came out in the 90s with White Zombie. That's true. And lyrically, shocking. You know, visually, shocking. You know, this guy was scary. You know, wrote some crazy sound, songs and uh, came out with a whole new kind of a heavy metal t- sound in the 90s when grunge was pretty big you know white zombie came out it was a little bit different than what is was accepted at that time and uh this one it's not white zombie it's a little bit later on his career but here's a song title that tells you just how shocking he is check it out this one's called pussy liquor Shocking. <laughs> I love it. I hadn't heard that till today. That's a great tune. I, I never heard that one before. I've seen him live, and Rob Zombie live is just as shocking as you'd expect him to be with all the giant robots and monsters yep. and things on the stage. Fantastic, you know? As far as shock rock goes, you got to count Rob Zombie right up there. But, but if there's one true king of shock rock, and it's not Alice Cooper... If it's not Alice Cooper, if it's not, it's got to be Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I'd say his 90s era, he was definitely up there. He's- and I think with Manson, the, the key to it is because he's both intentionally and unintentionally shocking. Because half the stuff that was was said about him was created. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of the rumors, a lot of the crazy things you used to hear about Marilyn Manson were created by people that were trying to protest him. And I think... That At the end of the day, when it comes to shock rock, that's really what it's all about. How many people are outside the concert hall the night of your show yeah. holding up signs saying, if you go in there, you're probably going to hell. Right. You know, I think that's that's the true sign point of shock rock. I'm sure there was a lot of them at Wasp shows. Oh, yeah. We know there was a lot of them at Kiss shows, especially yeah. during the 80s when that was all the, 
the the hip thing to do for for yeah, preachers in America. You know, you knew they were doing it at Ozzy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Rob Zombie's seen his share. Alice Cooper, you know, he had a whole ton of people out there holding protest signs, but I don't think anybody was more protested than Marilyn Manson. Yeah, there were quite a few there when I saw him a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, scary. You know, and again, it comes down to, you know, even if you're not a fan of the music, which a lot of it, yeah, not all of it, but a lot of it, I am a fan of Marilyn Manson's music. But the first time I ever got a chance to see him, I thought, I bet you he'll do something crazy. Oh, he will. You know? (laughs) And he never really had a chance tonight. I sh- I saw him, but you know that's maybe a story for another time. That'll yeah. be that'll be for a show called you know when rock concerts go wrong. Okay, cool. but for now here's some Marilyn Manson for you, the king of shock rock in the '80s, and it's a long hard road out of hell. Probably one of the most shocking and polarizing figures in rock and roll history, Marilyn Manson right there. And, you know, I wish we had time to play all the songs today, but we're doing just a kind of an overview of all of shock rock, and you can't do it without Marilyn Manson. Sad thing about it is kind of the the shock wears off after a while, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And so, but Marilyn Manson's still out there. He's still putting out new music. I think he just put out one this last year, but... I you know from what I heard it's just not the same. I'd like to hear more of that that early stuff, the hard rock sound, the stuff from when he was new and shocking, you know, and just fresh on the scene. I will give the guy credit for doing what he wants to do. Yeah, he, he, he even, does it his way. Because like for he, sure. he hasn't been on the charts in a long time, but he just goes ahead and does the, his vision. That's the thing, you know, because without unlike Gigi Allen, Marilyn Manson actually writes some really damn good songs, you know, and so that's why he's got the longevity he does. Maybe not as popular or as shocking or scary as he was in the early 90s, yeah. but he's still out there and he's still kicking ass. Yeah, so we're uh, we're uh, we're well over an hour already. We nice. only got a little ways to go. You guys are in for a treat this week. Yeah. So um, yeah, my server is not. Oh, my uh, computer just died. So oh, it's all it? on you to it's guide the rest of the show. Okay. Well, I don't have a ton to say about this next band because I'm not really a big fan. This is like like I said, we're doing kind of an overview of the whole history, so we don't really have to be fans of this stuff, but we want to kind of document it as it goes. Sometimes all you need to be is loud and aggressive. And a mask helps. Yeah, talking about Slipknot, and uh, formed in 95 in Des Moines, Iowa, and, you know, nine members in the band for the longest time until one of them died, and then they had eight. 
So um, and then it was the nine, and then the eight, and then the eight became even scarier and more shocking. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, cool. Yeah, when when the guy died, I think I said I made a smart ass comment on Facebook that said something like, uh, "I guess Slipknot's down to thirteen hundred and fifty two members or something mm. like that." But I don't. How did those How did those guys shocking. pay the bills in the early days of playing clubs? Okay, Mitch, you get fifty cents this week, and Mike, you get fifty cents this week. I don't know. We'll have to delve into some Slipknot one day, perhaps. Yeah, but uh, here's a little bit of Slipknot for you. This is uh, duality. metal from iowa yeah well some scary shit goes on in iowa lots of cornfields yeah a lot of people are shocked by that band especially those afraid of clowns <laughs> yeah like a big clown drummer <laughs> but uh all right so uh we got two picks left one for you and one for me and what's your what's your last one uh my last one oh yeah wednesday 13 carry on carrying on the tradition of guys like alice cooper you know and we've we've played some wednesday 13 and talked about i went and seen him live last year yeah. opening for alice cooper huh? oh yeah talk about the gig of a lifetime for that guy oh, sure. so trying to carry on maybe not so shocking today but carrying on the the traditions of shock rock mm-hmm. wednesday 13 
Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of tough to be shock rocking these days, you know, because yeah. nowadays, really, what's shocking anymore? But it's nice to know that somebody's out there carrying on the tradition of it. And Wednesday 13's got a lot of great songs. Horror rock is what I would call that. And he's got some awesome lyrics. Yeah. The I mean, song Bad know, Things is one of the funniest songs ever. Or, written. you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon or yeah. from... From here to the hearse, or you know, there's so many great like zombie rock vampire type songs, and, and I liken him a little good bit stuff. to uh, Alice with some of his lyrics. Totally, like, yeah. Alice Alice Cooper style lyrics. You know, like I like I said, you could tell that night when he opened for Alice Cooper that it was like the gig come true yeah. for that guy. Was it my favorite line from Bad Things? Is uh, I celebrate at your wake. I bake myself a cake because you're my fa- you're the favorite person that I love to hate. <laughs> I love it. I love the good stuff. So um, yeah, love so, it. So we had some. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have plenty of also rans that didn't make the list because we only have a certain amount of time. So. Uh, Apologies to Screaming Lord Such. Oh, Screaming Lord Such. If you got a chance to look that up, they do. A, it's an old, old band from, I don't know, like the early 60s. And they do. He does this like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde gimmick. And he actually has them girls back then screaming in fear in the front row of the, of the show. So, uh, yeah, some other bands we weren't able to, to get on, touch on. We touched on a little bit, like The Doors, Frank Zappa, Black Sabbath. Of course, we got Ozzy, so that fills that. Yeah, Sabbath because of their dark lyrics. The Doors because of the unpredictability of Jim Morrison and yeah. Zappa just for being Zappa. And then some obvious ones that got left off the list because we're trying to turn you on to some new stuff. is Sex Pistols, Twisted Sister, Motley Crue. Yeah, you know, all, all shock rockers in their own right. I mean, Sex Pistols, people didn't understand them. They just had a fuck everything attitude. You know, Twisted Sister, they were shock Shocking, no doubt. Motley Crue, the same thing. And then uh, you got you know more modern bands: Green Jelly, Ramstein, Tool, Mushroom Head, Mindless Self Indulgence, and then Lady Gaga. Well, you know, so, I would have liked to have included some Mindless Self Indulgence, but it's kind of tough with them. They're very strange. The first time I ever seen them live, the only reason I went is because I thought the guy might drink some piss oh, on stage. And then it ended up being a great time in yeah. a band I ended up liking a lot. And yeah. Lady Gaga, I mean, shit, if that's all we got nowadays for shock rock, somebody needs to step it up. Yeah. Gigi Allen style. Yeah, and then kill yourself on stage. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, don't kill yourself beforehand on accident. Actually do it on stage this time. Yeah, so, you know, before we go, we've got <laughs> one more to play out. Uh, we're going to just remind you to go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, the, do the phone number, 540-DB-Geek1. Leave yep. us some iTunes reviews, folks. We need help on that. We had a few this month, and we really appreciate those. We need more. Yeah, more iTunes reviews. If you want in on the Wagner contest, I mean, a chance of a lifetime here, you got to be serious, and you got to let us know. Yeah, decibelgeek at gmail.com to submit your letter and or your music, and uh, it will be put up for consideration. Also, contest will end on midnight of November 9th. There you have it. Cut and dried. Nothing yeah. shocking about it. Yeah, Michael is actually in Europe right now, and he emailed me earlier, and he was like, send it to me, and I will listen to them in Europe. Hell yeah. So Awesome. So, so get to it. I thought we'd close out the show with something that Michael Wagoner worked on. Excellent. And it's here's a modern-day shock rocking band. Oh, most definitely. This is about, as far as modern shock rock goes, these guys... They've got it going on. They've got their bases covered. Offensive songs? Oh, yeah. Crazy look? They got it. Yeah. Rock and roll? Uh-huh. Uh, Michael Wagner? Oh, yes. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Kiss influence on this band. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, so uh, off the Babies for Breakfast album, this is uh, Lordy with Disco Evil, and we will see you all next week. Happy Halloween.
you know wrong from right As you're climbing out of the window Something tells you to stop But the damn beat is luring you in With the promise of success and sin You're afraid to step across the threshold But it's too late now It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.